Jason Amaral here from Fearless Life Solutions, and today's interview is going to be with Janice Hoffman. And I'm really excited about this interview, everyone, because we, she is a catalyst in the relationship niche. I mean, if you are struggling in relationships, whether it's with your um, significant other, your family members, your friends, your children, um, uh, your people at work, um, she is a catalyst and has a great repertoire and experience in this relationship uh, market of helping other people develop better relationships. And you know that's really an important key in life. The better relationships you have, the better more uh, the better life and quality of life you live, and also the better business you can build. You know, Janice has worked very closely. If you're familiar with um, the, the famous book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by Dr. John Gray, she actually worked very closely with him building the Mars-Venus empire. Um, and she was the training director for that institute, and she um, trained uh, over 550 uh, facilitators and counselors worldwide. So she was the, the head leader of you know, the Mars and Venus' uh, Institute's uh, you know, growth. I mean, really, she really led that um, workshop to a whole other level. Um, and she's been doing that, and then she uh, moved on to developing her own company. She's the author um, of the award-winning book, The Relationship Rules and 12 Strategies for Creating a Love That uh, Lasts. Um, and it's, it's been endorsed by Dr. Gray himself. And you know, she's going to be sharing a lot about uh, the exciting news, where she's at, um, where she's at now in life, and where she's taking her business in the near future. So without further ado, Janice, are you with us? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. Um, you know, Janice, we want to just dive right into our, our time together. We want, I want us, you to start off. Um, you know, our listeners are, are great people. Um, but, you know, we all have roadblocks and hurdles. And at Fearless Life Solutions, our goal is to share with our listeners, our community, um, oh, people like yourself who started out doing what you love. Maybe you didn't know what it was at first and you took small steps to get there, but really to identify what the, the, the brick walls were, the hurdles, and how did you break through them. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started. Well, how I got started was I took a class called A Course in Miracles based on the book A Course in Miracles, and it met for a, once a week for a year. And the first couple of weeks that we met, we started with a meditation, and whoever brought the music, it sounded like funeral music, and it just drove me, for some reason it drove me crazy. So I asked the facilitators if I could bring the music next week, and they said, only if you bring the meditation. And I thought, well, okay, there's a, there's a little prayer and A Course in Miracles. I'll, I'll write a little something about that and um, I'll bring it the next week. And so I showed up and I asked one of my friends to read it because I was far too shy to read a meditation in the dark with everybody's eyes closed. And, and then they asked me if I would write the meditation every week. So I got my friends for nine months every week to read my meditation in the dark with everybody's eyes closed because I, wow. I was just way too scared. I thought I, I thought I would explode. That was the feeling. If I do this, I'll explode. And, um, and finally, he said he wouldn't do it no more. And he said, you're going you're to have time for you to do it yourself. And I said, well, it's not time. I'll find someone else. And so I found somebody else to read my meditation <laughs> because I was, just, I was just that scared. I mean, talk about fear. And, and the other person, Ray, who was reading them, he started embellishing, and that upset me because I took such 
such interest in making sure every word was just so. And one of them that I worked really, really, really hard on, I thought, okay, I don't want him to mess this one up. I worked really hard on it. I'm going to try this. And I read it. And at the end, I remember thinking, I'm still here. I, I didn't explode. And, and I kind of liked it. And that began, that began the, the ability for me to follow through on the desire that I always had to be a professional speaker. You know, I look at these professional speakers and I think, I wish I could do that. In school, I would just take, take an after and incomplete on an oral book report, anything oral. I would just, I just wouldn't do it. And um, so I started giving my own meditations and I started reading them in myself. And then when our Course in Miracles group ended after a year, I started my own meditation group and I thought I, thought I really like this. And, and right about that time, John Gray's book, Men Are From Mars, came out and it was a huge hit. And I, and I had my meditation group. I was also facilitating an attitudinal healing group. And I thought, well, I'll start a Mars being a support group and then, you know, it would be another group that I can offer to help people. And I called John Gray's office and I told them my idea and they said, oh, we don't have anything like that to send you, but, you know, thanks for calling. And I didn't think too much about it. And two and a half years later, my phone rang and it was somebody from his office asking me if I wanted to be trained by John Gray personally to teach the eight-hour workshop that he was traveling around the country doing every Saturday because he was in such high demand. Wow. And, of course, I jumped on the idea and went out there and I had a partner got trained by John and fell in love with his staff and the material and him, and, and I thought, this is, I know this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Mm. And came back and worked really, really hard to get the word out, and doing that, we had to go in front of people and speak. And, and my partner was very comfortable in front of people, so I would, I would let him start, and then when I felt comfortable... What? Are you there? Yeah, yeah, we're here. Oh, okay. Um, and so when I was still comfortable, I would just kind of jump in. And so that yeah. was kind of my lead into to, to public speaking was through the meditations and, you know, having him start and then me being able to jump in. And, and then we broke up and I had, it was a, you know, I was all by myself, which is another, it was another big hurdle because I didn't have that, you know, comfort zone. Yeah. And just slowly, you know, doing it over and over in front of people and, and learning how to read an audience, which is huge for a speaker, I got more comfortable with it and, and now I'm a professional speaker. So I just didn't want something invisible because fear is invisible. A brick wall is not. And I thought, I can't let something that's invisible keep me from something that I really want to do and living the rest of my life wondering, what if? What if I hadn't been afraid? What would my life look like? I, I couldn't live with that thought. Mm. And, and, and so I made myself physically sick. I, I mean, I won't go into all the detail, but I would get very physically sick before I had to speak in front of people because I was just so scared. Mm. So scared. And I still get scared. I still get butterflies. But, but I love being able to help people and I love seeing the looks on their faces when the light bulb goes off. Yeah. Well, you know, Janice, dive into that a little bit here when it comes to, you know, you, you were um, wanting to do speaking. You got into it. You, you know, fear is crippling. It can, it can literally uh, cripple you in, inside, on the inside of the emotionally, Absolutely. physically, and with your health. You know, you know how, did you, um, how did you overcome that on, on when you were getting started? And is there a, a pattern? Because I know a lot of our listeners, they're in business, maybe they have to give presentations, and they still, maybe they're hesitant about giving a presentation, but even some of the ones that still do, 
have you ever been faced with that if you are about to give a presentation? Is there something that you do or maybe a method that you follow to help you move forward and, and now that you enjoy speaking, is there something that you do, a ritual or a routine? Absolutely. And I think I think every good speaker has a little something that they do to ground themselves before they go out in front of the audience. You know, first and foremost, you have to take care of yourself. If you're going to be speaking, you need to get a good night's rest. You need to eat breakfast or eat lunch or dinner, whatever the meal might be. You really, really need to take care of yourself because that, that saying, you know, if if you're love tank isn't full or you're, you don't have anything to give if you, if you haven't taken care of yourself. So you really, really need to take care of yourself. Secondly, know your material. I mean, not every, everybody will tell you that. And then the thing I do right before I go, when, when I'm being introduced, I have a little ritual where um, it's a little prayer I do. And I say, not my words, but your words, God. Not my actions, but your words, your actions, God. And not my way, but your way. You know, let this be to serve the best for everybody in this room. And, and that's how I ground myself. And I do that before I speak every time. So it's just my own personal little thing. But it helps me remember that um, I'm not out there doing this all by myself and that, that by the grace of God I'm here. Absolutely. You know, that is some great, that is a great ritual. And you know what I find, Janice, is that the, some of the top most affluent and also most successful people in life, um, what they've done is they found a ritual that grounds themselves, and it's always something that's beyond them. It's something uh, uh, the higher power of God in their life. It's they really have that connection um, to something greater than themselves, and I find that's really important. It's great that you shared that, and you know, tell us a little bit about you know when you um, you're in the re relationship, you're in the relationship uh, business, and you know how did you why why that why that type of business and what's what drives you uh, to be in that, that business? You know, I'm one of these people that loves to watch people. You know, you put me at Disneyland for 12 hours on a park bench, and I'll be just fascinated and never move. You know, and I'll, and I'll make up stories about all the people. And, you know, and I remember my sister and I, when we were young, we'd go get something to eat, and she'd always be like, stop staring at those people, stop staring at those people, because I wouldn't be interacting with my sister. I'd be like trying to check on all these people and so interested in the way they would interact with each other. And, and um, you know, I wrote poetry. I was just always such a, but I was shy. I was a people person, but I was really shy on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And, and um, you know, I think when the opportunity to do the Course in Miracles was a huge pivotal moment, change in my life, made a huge, huge difference in my life. And you know, writing the meditations was another huge pivotal point in my life. And I think just, you know, it, there's a lot to be said for being the observer of your own life. You know, there's there's you, and then there's the you that's observing what you're doing, and I and I think as a speaker, you have to monitor yourself all the time and be that observer and say, you know, how am I doing? What could I have done differently? You know, and that audience never said this, those kinds of things, and kind of always be monitoring your behavior, and and so I think doing that helps you self-correct so that you can be a better you. You know, one of the four agreements in the book, the four agreements, the last one is always do your best, knowing that your best will be different moment to moment, day to day, because you're different moment to moment, day to day. But if you always know you're doing your best, even if you're sick, mm -hmm. you know, if, you're, if you're staying in bed taking care of yourself because that's what's best for your body, you're doing your best. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought up that book. That is actually a great uh, read uh, for our listeners. Yeah. It's called The Four Agreements. Um, you know, after you read that book, share a little bit. What, was, what were probably some big takeaways for you? 
Um, you know, I love that book so much that I took a class on it at Colorado Free University <laughs> called The Four Agreements and just break them down. Um, and the four agreements are be impeccable with your word, don't make assumptions, don't take things personally, and always do your best. And yeah. it's a really short, great read. Um, regardless of somebody's religious background, pretty much everybody agrees on those four agreements. And, you know, I use them in my life every single day. Yeah. You know, being impeccable with your word isn't just what comes out of your mouth, it's what do you say to yourself. And if 80% of our self-talk is negative, yeah. it, it behooves us to think about what we say about ourselves inside our head, not just what comes out of our mouth. Absolutely. It also brings in that congruency. You know, being honest with yourself first uh, will bring congruency and it will actually help you grow faster personally and in business because when you're congruent with your inner self and your outer self, uh, that second person, um, it, it shows people that you're real and that you actually are, um, you, you can actually bring in more opportunity into your life because you're open to it and there's, there's not a lot of mental clutter because you're clear and focused. You know, another thing that you, you brought up earlier um, was some different points in your life. When you talked about fear and your, your speaking and it, you talked about the hurdles of that speaking um, and getting out there and growing your business, um, but what did you? Um, wh what was a pivotal moment for you? Uh, you know, after you know, wh when you were maybe stuck in that moment and you knew you needed to do something, um, what did you turn to? What was what was that? Uh, maybe it was a book, a, t a tape, or something. What was it for you that it was just a pivotal moment? And you just said, you know what, I'm done. I want to move forward. And how did you do it? Wow, that's a really good question. You know, um, there was a time when I had gotten trained by John Gray. I was working really hard to try and promote the Mars Venus workshops. And enroll, it was really, really hard to enroll people. And John Gray would come to Colorado, to Denver once a year, mm. and people would think, well, why should I pay for, to do a workshop with you when I can just wait for John? Mm. And, and so it was really hard. And I, um, you know, I'm divorced. I have three kids. My kids were all very, very sick as babies. One of them almost died, you know. And here I got on with this best-selling author. I thought my life, I finally thought my life had turned out. I had a great relationship. And it, and it all kind of fell apart because it wasn't working. And at one point, John Gray decided that he was going to um, close down the Mars Institute and not really close it down, but downsize it tremendously. Wow. And so I went and did a workshop with the author of Conversations with God, mm. Neil Donald Walsh. And yeah. he did this process with me in front of the group and kind of broke down, you know, well, what would happen if that didn't work out? And, and, then, and then took that, and what would happen, what would happen? And he broke this thing down, and what I realized was it was all about the fear of being alone, and, mm. and not just alone alone, but al separated from God alone. Like there, there is just me and nothing else. Yeah. And, and then and seeing how that wasn't true, I was able to break through to the other side of that and realize I could be, I was okay and I will be okay and I will always be okay. Yeah. Instead of thinking that, you know, I'm going to implode. <laughs> right. so, so that was a real powerful, that was a real pivotal moment, moment for me to realize that I'm okay just the way I am. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, like on the, on the inside, not just outside professionally. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and would you agree that's when you truly realize that's when you're, Maybe your life took a, a turn for it, or or the, it took you to the next level 
Um, well, it took life. me out of being a victim. It took mm-hmm. me out of, you know, whining and why isn't this working and I really tried and, you know, all that. And we all have that story. I mean, for, for all those that are out there trying our hearts out and it's not turning out the way we want, mm-hmm. it, yeah, we feel like a victim sometimes because we work so hard to try and re- achieve our goals. And, um, you know, it was, it, it, it's when you want something so bad that it, that you can taste it and feel it and you dream about it and it, it, it's almost all-consuming because it's such a love of your life. There's a big difference in wanting something really bad, which is kind of an aggressive feeling, rather than saying, you know what, it's my heart's desire mm. to help other people, rather than saying, I really want to help other people. And it's totally different energy. The yeah. tone that comes out of somebody's mouth when they say the words, it's my heart's desire. Doesn't even have the same energy, and and so that was another pivotal point for me was learning how to change. I want to. Is this my heart's desire? And if it is, stating it that way so that I was putting a desire out in the world of the universe to God, whatever you want to call it, rather than saying, okay, God, you need to show up, and you need to show up this way on this day in this you know manner, because life doesn't work out that way. You know, it doesn't work that way. Absolutely. Yeah, and you, you speak truth when you talk about uh, d- deciding, getting clarity, uh, but and also to add to that is stating it, declaring it. You know, that's one of our key foundations that we teach is that you know declaring exactly what you want and having that clarity right. so that you know you know exactly what to expect when it when it presents itself. Because there are going to be right. many opportunities in your life. There's going to be many different type of, type of opportunities that are going to pop up. However, if you are not clear in where you're going, uh, you know, they're just going to be distractions. They can literally be distractions. So it's, it's that, you know, that clarity and that stating exactly what you want to come to fruition. Uh, the, 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 the declaration part of it is really important. Yeah. You know, Janet, what, what do you find is, you know, throughout your years of experience in dealing with uh, people and their relationships, but what do you think is the biggest myth that folks have about uh, fear? Oh, that, that, that if they give up, and I had this too, because I remember when I did the Course in Miracles, people said, you know, you just have to give up your attachments to having it be this way, and then when you give up all that negativity, you'll open this wonderful space, this big space for all this goodness to come in. And I remember looking at them going, do you, you have a little guarantee I can sign a little piece of paper contract? Because you know, if I'm going to give up something that, even though it's unhealthy, has been working for me because this is all I know, and, 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 and I give this up, which is going to be huge, and a huge leap of faith for me, you're telling me that there's something on the other side, but you can't write me a guarantee? You know, I was like, you know, I'm a Virgo. I'm going to put it in writing, you know? And, and, and they all kept telling me, and I thought, you know, I just took a huge leap of faith that, if I let go of this and I stop making this my theme, this victim story, whatever it is, whichever one it was at the time, you know, I'm going to take this leap of faith that maybe these people are right and maybe there is something better on the other side, and they were right. They were absolutely right. And I started, what, what happened was so cool. I love telling this story. What was so cool was I never had peace of mind, and not like that, and I would get these glimpses of peace of mind, these kind of like nirvana moments where it just, you know, it just felt, kind of out of my body in this, this spiritual highs, I don't know how to explain it, that would, that would just be kind of very fleeting. And I remember thinking, oh, this is great. I want more of this. And I remember thinking as I was doing the Course of Miracles that one day 
it will be the other way around, where most of my life will be this, and then I'll have fleeting moments of negativity, and how exciting that would be. And, and, and really, my life is a testament of that, because I've, that's been my goal all these years, ever since then. Mm-hmm. That was in the early 90s. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's something that you set out as a goal before, and then you see it come to fruition, um, which is f- fantastic. That's great. You know, what, what do you think is, you know, some of the, the biggest mistake that people have when dealing with their fear from your experience? Um, I think they're just afraid of what's on the other side. I think they're afraid of letting go of, you know, what has served them, you know, albeit negatively, um, for, for the fear of the unknown. You know, and, and especially for women, you know, getting into the differences between men and women, women have a really hard time with the unknown. They 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 do so much better with, even if it's bad news, because then they know how to, you know, do their job, if you will. But yeah. the unknown is just, it's devastating to women. Mm. And so the fear of the unknown, it's like, well, if I, if I give up, you know, an addiction or if I give up this relationship or whatever it might be, you know, what, what, what will my life look like? You know, will it be, you know, people say it'll be better, but I know people's lives are a mess. And so that leap of faith, it, it's, you know, and that and having unexpected, um, um, high, high expectations that things will be the way you want them instead of the way they are. You know, I've learned to go with the flow rather than trying to tell the God or the universe or whatever, mm-hmm. refer to it, how it, everything's going to be. And I find it works a lot better. Mm. It's a lot easier. What, what, do you, what do you find that in relationships, um, with your experience and the people that you've dealt with over the years, what do you find, because you mentioned about trust and about, you know, believing what other people tell you. You know, a lot of people go through, you know, different breakups and divorce, and it, sometimes it's hard to put that trust back into someone all over again. How do you help someone um, how do you help someone who maybe has maybe gone through a breakup or a divorce really put their trust back into someone again? Well, that's another really good question, and it comes back to you have to trust yourself. And, 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 and what I mean by that is you have to trust your gut. You have to trust your intuitive knowingness. And what I find a lot is that people are really afraid to trust their inter- intuition that still small voice, whatever you want to call it, for fear that it would steer them wrong. And I'm here to tell you that if I had not listened to that still small voice, that little urging feeling that's in your gut, my youngest son wouldn't be alive because he was born with a birth defect. And for four months after he was born, everybody that I went to, doctors, La Leche, everybody, they told me there was nothing wrong with him because he looked fine on the outside. And I ended up lying to a doctor who finally ran the test and they did emergency surgery. And he would not be alive if I had not listened to that little voice. So I come from a place of I'm afraid not to listen to it because it saved my son's life. And, mm-hmm. and I tell that story to people when they say, I'm just afraid to listen to my intuition. It's like, oh, please don't be afraid to listen to it. It will never steer you wrong. Mm-hmm. It will never steer you wrong. And it's, it's a compass. You can go to it any time. And, and, and so learning how to trust yourself, if you trust yourself, you'll be able to feel is this pers- just energetically if this person's a good person for you to be around or, or you, when you're drawn to somebody, it's because their energy is so kind of intoxicating and that is a good person to be around because it feels good and you can feel it in your gut. You know, I mean, I told my kids when they were growing up all the time because people would say, um, oh, don't speak to strangers. And I thought, well, that's, I don't want to teach my kids to not talk to people. 
So mm. I would teach them, you know, when you meet, when you're around somebody that you don't know, tell them, go to your stomach, your gut, and whatever it mm. feels, that's what you do. That's how you know if you should talk to them or not, is what is your stomach telling you? Yeah. So, wow. that's, those, are some, yeah. those are some great tips. I'm over here taking notes. Those are definitely some great tips. Um, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, one, how people can get in touch with you, but also share a little bit also about what your business now and your book that's out, the, the book of Relationship Rules. Yes, my book, Relationship Rules, R-U-L-E-S, um, is available on Kindle. It's available on Nook and also Amazon. Or um, listeners can go to my website, which is the same as the book title, relationshiprules.com. There's actually a chapter, one of the rules, um, on the website that they can read. And what's different about my book is I put a, there's 12 rules, which are really more like guidelines, but on, with an explanation and some stories and examples. But I wrote a how-to for men and a how-to for women for each rule so that people don't have to practice or try what doesn't work like I did. Mm-hmm. I always tell people I did a really good job of what you're trying to do is get rid of somebody. Um, because I was trying all these things that didn't work. They worked for women, but they didn't work for my husband because I didn't understand his value system and the differences between men and women. And so that makes a difference about my book. It gives you a nice how-to, and, and it's a small read. It's, it's a, you know, 125 pages, so it's an it's a easy read. Um, I also have free tips that they can sign up for on my website, and um, they can listen to one of my meditations. There's a lot of articles, a lot there to read. And um, if they want to do any coaching with me, they can reach me at 303-604-2222. And I'd love to hear feedback from anybody who would love to email me or call. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Great. Yes, thank you for sharing that. And I know our listeners will probably take action on that and, and reach out to you from your relationship um, experience that you've that you've done. Uh, you know, one of the other things I saw on your website was that you have Get Smart Dating, which is for teens. And yeah, you know, one you know one of the things that we do at Fearless Life Solutions is we've partnered up with uh, the Success Foundation, and we 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 donate and give out books called The Success for Teens. So we too we have that connection, you and I, where we have that passion for teenagers. Share a little bit what what the Get Smart Dating is. I'm so glad to hear you do that. Teens need our help so bad. They are so struggling. This is a horrible time to be a teenager. And for the last 16 years, I have um, presented a program, mostly in the Boulder Valley High Schools and some in Denver, called Get Smart Dating. And it's a two-hour program where I go in and talk about why guys don't call when they're supposed to or when they say they will and why girl, guys want to know why girls go to the bathroom in groups. And, and so I put together this program that primarily is games. We do skits and we play the dating game and we have a conversation about, you know, if you met somebody at a party and you were making out with them, what would you want to know about them? You know, something they don't really think about. And because it's done in the form of games, they learn a lot because they're laughing and interacting with each other and they're hearing the answers from each other, their peers, rather than having somebody like me tell them, which is boring. And so we have a lot of fun. Um, my website, GetSmartDating.com, there's a couple of videos from a TV show that actually came out to two different high schools and videotaped the program and interviewed the teens. And so um, listeners can go watch those videos on GetSmartDating.com. And, and what I'm trying to do, what I'm working on right now, is a lot like what John Gray did with the Mars Venus Institute, is training other people to become get smart, get smart Dating Facilitators so that they can teach this program in their state, in their city, 
for their mm-hmm. teams. And I'm also looking for grant money so that I can reach more high schools because it's difficult to um, get paid through the high schools. So they just don't have any money. Yeah. So um, yeah. love to get the word out about that. And anybody who's interested in hearing more about that, please email me. And, and we're looking for partners to partner up and and just move this forward so that more teens can benefit because they have so much fun and they so want to know about dating. And in this world of texting and not being in front of each other, they really need it and they really want it. You yeah. can tell it when you see it on their faces. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's true. I mean, I think, you know, we always, in life, we always need to focus on our tomorrow. And the way we can do that is through our, the younger people in the world and, you know, the choices they make, the relationships they build, and, you know, how to, how to have good communication. And today with communication, it's much more rampant and in different forms and mediums now. Um, so how to build a, a strong communication and relationship with others um, is really important. And uh, you, you definitely are a leader in that area. You've, you've taken the initiative to move forward in a direction where um, – for younger people to build stronger relationships, and I commend you for that. That's really good, and oh, I know well, our listeners. You. I hope so. Yeah, you know, it's I just, know it's just, and I thank you for bringing it up. I so appreciate it because you know, just a little bit of information. If they have just a few different choices to make when they have to make a choice about dating, especially when they're on a date with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, it's huge. It just to think about it in your own life when just a little bit of information made a huge difference in your life. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about getting the word out there and having more teens be able to have this program available to them. And and you said that website was? GetSmartDating.com. GetSmartDating.com. And your relationship website is RelationshipRules.com. That is great. Um, I have been on both of those sites already, which is uh, great. some great stuff there. And I highly recommend all of our listeners to get on that website, those websites as well, and dive into um, to what's available. Uh, and you know, if you're struggling with maybe some of uh, you know, the relationships that you have or learning how to develop deeper, uh, more meaningful, powerful, and passionate relationships, then uh, Janice is going to be the one that you're going to want to give a call and, and give her a ring so that she can help you move forward. Well, Janice, it, it has been a pleasure. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, with us and sharing your, your experience and your tips. Um, is there one thing that you would like to leave with us, um, someone, our listeners, who, um, if you could leave one tip or stre- uh, with us, that just, just as a something that would, just a nugget that you can say, you know, if if anything that is stopping you, um, what would that be? You know, there's a great line from a song I think it's by John Mayer, um, and the line is, "If you want more love, why don't you say so?" Mm. And you know, I heard this song a bunch of times, and I finally heard that line. I thought, what a great line. And we were so afraid to ask for what we want for fear of rejection or for fear of looking needy or for fear of not getting what we want. And, and the bottom line is we just want to be loved. We just want to love other people and be accepted for who we are and appreciated for our efforts. And we just want to be loved. And so what a, what a great line. If you want more love, why don't you just say so? <laughs> just yeah. ask. I, you know, I, need, I need a hug. Can you give me a hug? So that's what I would leave with people. That's if you want more love, just say so. <laughs> powerful. That's very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that's going to leave an impact with many people as it did with me. And Janice, again, thank you so much for your time. 
thank you for having me on the show, and best of luck to you and all your listeners. Absolutely. Relationships. Absolutely. Thank you.